are now listening to the Motivated Mama podcast. This is a community for parents that want to be authentically themselves while looking for judgment-free, genuine, and heartfelt parenting advice. We talk to other mothers and experts to get small, easy steps that we can take to help us accomplish our goals. Learn with me as we discover ways to break patterns of unproductive behavior repeated generation after generation in our families. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Motivated Mama with me, your host, Sydney Ross, The Motivated Mama. So today we are discussing tantrums. So if you were with us last week, we talked about backtalk when it comes to our adolescents and our teenagers. Um, So this week we are going to talk about tantrums when it comes to our toddlers. Because tantrums with toddlers can be extremely difficult to deal with. And we want to make sure that you have the tools that you need in order to properly handle these tantrums and to create life lessons for your children. Um, So I feel like um, when it comes to tantrums, it's something that you really never get used to. You know, I have more than one child, I've worked with kids, and tantrums can always be a battle, Um, especially when it comes to tantrums outside of the home. I find that people handle those or those can be more trying than tantrums that do happen in the home. However, I'm kind of weird, I guess. Um, The tantrums outside the home don't bother me as much as inside the home. And I don't know if it's because I'm a stay at home mom. So like home is supposed to be like my safe space, my comfortable space. Um, and then like the kids are kind of disrupting that. Um, and then in public, you know, I guess because there is more of an audience, (laughs) I can kind of like hold it together a little bit better. Um, And I feel like because we are at home majority of the time, my son is more comfortable showing out at home um, than he is in public. Like when we're in public, like it's something fun or we're out and he's he's distracted by whatever's going on where he's at home and tantrums can be just overbearing. And some days it seems like they're nonstop. Um, so like, for instance, the other day he was having a really, really bad tantrum. You know, we woke up in the morning, it's about like 8.30 AM. And the first thing he does when he wakes up is like breakfast. So even if I'm not awake and he wakes up before me, he wakes me up. And the first thing he says is either get in the kitchen, mama, or I'm ready for breakfast. Um, So I go to make breakfast and on this particular morning I was making pancakes. So I'm making the batter or whatever and he's literally screaming bloody murder. I have not had my coffee yet. It is 830 in the morning. I want pancakes. I want pancakes. Screaming, crying. And I'm like, I'm making them like he's watching me making them. I'm like, I'm making them. I just have to cook them. And he's laid out in the floor, screaming, crying early in the morning. You just wake up. You're already having to get up and, you know, be on duty, basically, as a parent. Um, 
And he he literally laid there and screamed and cried until the pancakes were on his plate ready for him to eat. Um, so and that was just the first tantrum of the day that that lasted a good 15, 20 minutes worth of screaming and crying and just acting a fool. Um, but we're going to get into kind of why, you know, that happened, you know, that way and how we can prevent those kind of tantrums. So first, let's start off with the definition. So what is a tantrum? Um, so a tantrum is an episode of extreme anger and frustration characterized by crying, screaming, and violent body motions, including throwing things, falling to the floor, and banging one's head, hands, and feet against the floor. So, those crazy little episodes, and it can be just something from screaming and crying and falling out. Um, we did deal with head banging for like a little while, or even like him trying to like harm himself, like punch himself, or punching and trying to kick and hurt other people because he's mad that's actually something that we still deal with today um he got upset today and took his baseball bat and tried to hit his sister with it so you know working on how to properly handle your anger um so that's just what a tantrum entails screaming crying kicking falling out hitting people hitting yourself doing the most to make everybody stressed out right so when do we normally see tantrums so tantrums usually take place in children between the ages of one and four years old but they are more prevalent at age two hence the term terrible twos um i personally feel like two is bad and three is hell um that's just my been my personal experience um, so even though I'm going through terrible twos right now with my son, I am treading water because I have a feeling that three is going to be even worse because with my daughter, three was just like two had nothing on three. It was bad. So why do these tantrums happen? Let's get to the why. Um, so there are several reasons why tantrums happen. The number one reason why we see tantrums in our toddlers is because of lack of communication skills. So many times they are just now learning how to talk. So right after one, they're starting to develop language. Um, so it's very limited language. They're just now learning words. They're just now learning how to put things together. They're, they are not able to say, hey, I'm mad right now because you did X, Y, and Z and this is how to fix it. They only know how to feel at this point. And sometimes with that lack of communication becomes very frustrating for them because they can't just say what it is that they want or need or how they're feeling. Um, so they're not able to really express their needs. So that's why um, tantrums happen and that's the number one reason why tantrums are so prevalent during those early stages of life because they lack the communication skills needed. Um, another reason is their brain's prefrontal cortex has not developed and it will not develop fully until age 25. So that is actually the part of your brain um, 
which makes decisions based off of good judgment. Um, and it also is the part of the brain that helps you think of long-term consequences of your actions. Um, so therefore, all their actions are based on pure emotion because they don't know how to make actions based off of good judgment and they don't care about consequences because that's not even coming into play at this point. Um, another reason is when babies and toddlers start learning and gaining independence, they begin to test the limits to assert themselves. So they're, they're learning that they do have some form of communication, that they do have some form of, um, you know, independence over themselves. Um, but that too is very, very limited. So, you know, they don't get to do whatever they want, whenever they want. Therefore, what can I do? Oh, I can act a fool. So (laughs) that's what they are going to do. They're going to test the limits. Um, so however, even though they do have this, this, small form of independence um when they express what it is that they want either a they cannot communicate their needs effectively um as in we most of the time can't even understand what it is that they're asking of us or b what they are expressing that we do understand their wishes just aren't granted which ends up resulting in emotional meltdown so hey I want the cookie sorry dude no cookies right now okay I'm pissed so I'm gonna hit my head against the wall because I said I wanted what I wanted um so we do have to think about how frustrating that can be if either people don't understand what I want so I don't get what I want or they do understand what I want and I don't get what I want so that is frustrating So in the mind of a two-year-old, the best decision to make in this situation is tantrum, fallout. Where can that get me? Um, And then we also see where tantrums happen uh, when physical or emotional needs are not met. So for instance, the 20-minute tantrum that my two-year-old had at 8.30 in the morning when he wanted pancakes right now, that could have very well been a physical need that was not being met. He woke up, he was hungry as soon as he woke up and he wanted the pancakes right freaking now. Um, So he is disturbed. He is uncomfortable and he needed his need met. And once he ate, he was fine. Um, But that's where we see like a physical need that isn't met other physical needs that could be met are you know being sick being tired um and then as far as emotional needs being met sometimes kids just need quality time and connection and some form of attention so so many times as parents we can get caught up in work we can get caught up in the other kids we can get caught up in our phones and social media and doing what we want that sometimes our kids not on purpose, become ignored to some extent. Um, So a lot of times they may throw that tantrum if they just want your attention for the moment. So we do have to make sure that we are um, having those moments to connect with them 
and we are giving them the attention that they so need throughout the day. So that way we can help eliminate those tantrums. Um, Next, why do we need to understand tantrums? I feel like we need to understand tantrums so that way we can help our children grow healthy um, emotionally to help them understand their emotions and process their emotions and how to act appropriately on those emotions. Um, You know, if we just isolate them or punish them for tantrums, we're not teaching them how to process what it is that they're feeling. We're not teaching them actually, you know, we're not putting the words to what they're feeling. We're not validating them at all. And that's what we want to avoid. Um, so big question of the day. Can you avoid tantrums? Hell no. You cannot avoid tantrums at all. You can try minimizing them, um, which is, you know, is very much doable, minimizing tantrums, but you can't get around them. I don't know any two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, and I feel like I have a 10-year-old who still, even though she's not throwing herself against the wall, she still has her moments. So especially though for toddlers, I don't know any toddler or any parent that has said their toddler does not throw tantrums. If they said that, I, I mean... They damn lie (laughs) because uh, that's just impossible. But we can minimize tantrums by making sure all of our toddlers' physical needs are met, their emotional needs are met. Um, And we can do this by making sure um, to stick with good routines. That's going to be the number one thing, especially when it comes to physical um, needs being met. Stick to a good eat and sleep routine. You know, if they know what's happening next, they have nothing to get upset about. So that's why, you know, as parents or as positive parents, we like to promote schedules and routines, even though that's not always doable for everybody. And sometimes you're going to fall off and it may not be the same every day or the same times. Try to stick with the same order of events as much as you possibly can with toddlers because when they have that they they know what to expect and it does help minimize the tantrums um and one thing that we do need to look on the bright side of when it comes to tantrum is this is just an opportunity to help your child it's an important skill to teach them which is emotional control Um, And that's good that they're having tantrums because it is helping them release emotions and it allows you to connect with them by modeling emotional maturity. Personally, I feel like by helping my son work through his tantrums, it actually helps me learn as well because I realize how much as an adult, I throw little mini tantrums. Whenever I'm frustrated, um, I huff and puff. You know, as parents, we scream and yell. We get so frustrated. Some parents, I remember as a child, my mom used to fucking throw shit all the time. Like that was her go through. Anytime she was upset, frustrated, tired, overwhelmed, depressed, whatever it may be, she would 
just be in the kitchen screaming and throwing shit. And, you know, as kids, we laughed at it and was like, she is nuts. Um, but it just helped me realize, you know, as an adult, for one, I've, you know, gained some of those traits myself. Um, but it's helped me by helping my son work through his feelings just by, you know, validating him like, hey, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be mad. Um, helping him calm down in those moments. It actually helps me calm down in those moments as well. Um, And it helps me learn how to work through my own emotions. So it's not only a learning opportunity for your child, but it is a learning opportunity for your inner child as well. So we do have some steps that you can take to reduce tantrums. So one, like we said, make sure all physical needs are met. Hunger or tiredness can uh, easily trigger overstimulation. Um, So that can easily trigger, um, you know, those tantrums. When they're tired and they're hungry, any little thing can tick them off. So to prevent that, you want to plan ahead as much as possible. If you have daily events that you're doing or if you're going out of town anything like that, try to plan things around nap time and around meal times. Um, So try to do things so that way you're back home by nap time or there is a play. If you're going to be out face for them to nap comfortably and, you know, for a while, make sure that you have a good lunch time or dinner time scheduled or also make sure that you have snacks and things like that to get through those hunger stages just so you can help minimize those tantrums during those moments when you're out or where you're not able to stick to those schedules. But try to like plan as much as you can around your kid's schedule if they are on a schedule. Pick your battles. Try to eliminate the word no as much as possible. No is literally the best way to piss your kids off and not saying you have to bow down to your kids and never tell them no. But as positive and gentle parents and advocates, we do like to use the word no only for emergencies and really serious and dire situations. So that way your child's, you know, light bulb goes off and they know like, hey, it's actually time to really, you know, kick it into gear. It's time to listen now because no has not been watered down. Um, We want to do that because like I stated before, Our kids are growing up where they're at this stage in life where they don't have very much independence. They don't have very much say so. So to help eliminate tantrums, we want to give as many choices as possible because that makes them feel like they have more control over their life, therefore minimizing um, those tantrums. Just let them feel like they are in control. And it's okay. You know, everybody wants to be in control of their own life. So, you know, instead of saying, no, you can't wear flip-flops at the zoo. Hey, do you want to wear tennis shoes or your rain boots? You know, give those little small options for snack time. Hey, do you want graham crackers or do you want goldfish? You know, give those little choices throughout the day as much as possible anywhere that there can be a choice make it a choice 
Um, and also design a tantrum-free environment. When we say this, you know what your child's triggers are. You're with them every day, so you know exactly the things that are going to set them off. For my son, for Bubba, his is Oreos. He wants Oreos 24-7 or orange juice 24-7. Those are his two go-tos. He will wake up out of his sleep in the middle of the night asking for Oreos. So we know Oreos are his trigger. That's his favorite thing. However, Bubba can't eat Oreos 24-7. We normally only want him to have an Oreo like once a day after dinner or after lunch. You know, he can't have Oreos all day. Because we know that Oreos are his most favorite thing in the world, we're not going to leave a box of Oreos out where Bubba can see Oreos all day. Why? Because if he sees the box of Oreos, he's going to want the Oreos. And that's going to be the prime example. I mean, the prime opportunity for a tantrum is when he asks and the answer is no, or we try to redirect him in a moment that we know that redirection is going to be difficult to have. So we keep the Oreos put away. No Oreos. So keep things like that out of sight. If you know there are specific things that your kid is going to want or is going to trigger them to have a tantrum that they can't have when they want it, keep it put away, keep it out of sight. So that way you can minimize meltdowns. So another big question, what to do when your toddler is having a tantrum? So this is the, the big thing. How do we handle these tantrums? Stay calm. Don't take it personally. They're two or three or four or five. Don't take it personally. In order to help them work through their big feelings, if you yell or if you become upset, it's only going to intensify the situation. It's not going to make anything easier. It's not going to make anything better. It's just going to set them off even more and also remember we are modeling behavior so we can't not want them to have tantrums while when they're having a tantrum we start having a tantrum that's just teaching them that tantrums are normal and okay we don't want that so stay calm find out why they're having the tantrum if it's a physical need that can be met take care of that if it's a limit or a boundary that has been set and they're not happy about that, don't give in. Stand your ground, but offer emotional support in those moments. Acknowledge their feelings. I see that you're angry because you can't have Oreos right now. I see that you're angry because you want to play outside, but we can't play outside right now because it's too cold. I wish it was a sunny day too. It makes me upset when I can't play outside too. Empathize with them. Be patient with them. Let them work through their feelings. 99% of the time, tantrums are going to be inconvenient. But as a parent, being a parent can be very inconvenient majority of the time. So don't try to rush them through a tantrum. Respect their feelings. If you were upset, let's say with your spouse, you're not going to respect them and you're not going to be okay if they just say, hurry up and get over it because I'm tired of dealing with this. 
hurry up and get over it because your feelings make me uncomfortable. Hurry up and get over it because I don't feel like dealing with how you feel right now. Essentially, that's what you're doing if you're trying to hurry up and quiet your child and calm them down in that moment. It's not a moment to rush them through their feelings. This is a moment to respect their feelings and to help them work through what it is that they're feeling. Interfere physically. When we say this, we do not mean by punishing your kids. Um, You don't want to punish them. You don't want to spank them. You don't want to yell at them. And you don't want to isolate them. Don't send them away. This can make them feel abandoned in these moments. Um, And if you want to raise a child that comes to you always in the future who can trust you with your feelings, we do not want to start by... um, you know, abandon them in those moments that they really need us to help teach them. Um, So when we say interfere physically, that can mean several different ways. One, interfering physically if they are causing physical harm to themselves. So if my son decides I'm pissed, I'm going to bang my head on the granite floor, I'm not going to allow him to do that. I'm going to pick him up and move him to a space where he is safe. I'm going to put him on his bed. I'm going to put him near a pillow. Um, I'm not going to allow him to cause physical harm to himself. If he's picking up something and hitting someone with it, I'm going to take whatever it is that he is hitting someone with away from him because he cannot cause physical harm to other people just because he's upset in these moments. Um, And when you do that, explain to them in the moments of doing that, hey, that's not safe. I'm going to move you somewhere where you're safe hey, it's not okay or safe to hit others. We don't want to hurt people. So I'm going to take the baseball bat away from you so you don't hurt someone. Um, We also mean interfere physically um, by like if you're in public somewhere, which I don't personally, I don't do this because I don't care that much when I'm in public. Um, But if you're uncomfortable in public or if you're somewhere where your kid can't have a flat out meltdown, like you're in church or something, and you don't want to disturb everybody, remove them from that place and carry them somewhere where you both can be comfortable and alone to work through the tantrum. Um, But personally, like if we're in a grocery store, I let them have it. I let him have his tantrum. Hey, I understand that you're upset. I'll stand there with him. Um, I'm not going to interfere with that. I'm not going to stop him just because people are looking. I feel like people who are looking, who, if they are looking and discuss, they either don't have children or they don't know how to work through emotions and they don't understand emotions and emotions make them uncomfortable. So that's a personal problem that I don't care about because they're not my child. Um, but you can remove them if it makes you more comfortable remove them to a a quieter place or a place, even if that means taking them to the car. So that way you can help them work through their feelings and their tantrum alone and comfortably. Also, um, interfering physically can mean offering a hug. Um, Physical affection can bring comfort even for older kids. So hugging helps release oxytocin, which is basically like the calm down and the happy, um, you know, chemical in your brain. So it's going to help release that. So sometimes kids just need physical touch um, so or physical e- affection. So offering a hug and always ask 
because sometimes they don't want that in the middle of a tantrum. Some days, my son, I will say, hey, do you want me to uh, hold you in your calm down tent? He has a tent and it has lights in it and it has pillows and things like that where we can go and we can lay in there and we take deep breaths. So now he knows how to like practice breathing techniques when he's upset. Um, and some days he's like, no, I don't want you to come with me. Some days he's like, yes, I do want you to come with me. Some days he's like, no, don't hug me. Don't touch me. And he'll say that, don't touch me, leave me alone. Or some days he'll climb in my lap and wants me to rock him. And he'll say, can you rock me, please? So, you know, make sure to do whatever is comfortable for your child in those moments. Um, And be empathetic. Always, like I said, I know that you want a cookie right now, but I have to make sure you eat something healthy first. This would make me angry too. You know, I get upset too when I can't have what I want right now. Because even as an adult, there are things that I want today that I can't have today. And sometimes that is very frustrating. Um, So just, you know, offer empathy in those moments and let them know that you're understanding how they're feeling. But just because there are things that we want right now, we're not always going to get what we want right now. And that's a good life lesson. So. Like I said, tantrums are an opportunity to teach the names of emotions. So this is also another great learning lesson. So always put names with how your kids are feeling, especially when they're at that stage where they're just learning how to speak. You want them to be able to tell you eventually how it is that they're feeling. So I see that you're mad. I see that you're sad. I see that you're upset right now. I see that you're uncomfortable right now. How can I help? So putting those words with their feelings, you're identifying those feelings for them. So in the long run or later on, when they do gain the vocabulary, they can then say, I'm mad. So you know, like now they have the words to put with and they can express those feelings. Um, and, and that's the ultimate goal is really teaching them to know what it is that they're feeling and how to work through those feelings. Lastly, stay consistent. Stand on your limits and your boundaries. Never give in because as soon as you start giving in to tantrums, tantrums become regular. They they learn that, okay, if I want something, all I got to do is scream and cry and throw a fit and then I'm going to get what I want. So we don't want to, you know, give any type of false expectations. So always stand your ground when there are boundaries and limits in place. Can you change your limits and boundaries? Heck yes. It's your your parenting journey. Um, If you see that, hey, Maybe this limit or boundary really isn't necessary. It doesn't really bother me if he has a cookie before dinner. Then you can change that. I would just say don't change it in the moment of a tantrum. Wait till later. Always put words with feelings later because we don't want to, like I said, make them think that, okay, this is what I do to get what I want. Always avoid becoming angry during these times. And always be patient and empathetic. Um, So when it comes to tantrums, you know, like I said, 
it may not always be easy, but you can always help your child. These are always going to be learning opportunities. And as long as, you know, you try to do the right thing each time this happens, it does become easier. Tantrums will be minimized. And later on, your kids will be more comfortable um, expressing their emotions, especially when they know how to do that appropriately. So always make sure that you're modeling that even when they're not having tantrums. Um, So outside of the tantrums, even when you're upset, you know, those same techniques that you use with your child to help them learn how to manage their emotions, use those same techniques on yourself. You know, sometimes I become very upset as a parent and sometimes I have to tell my children, hey, I need a moment. Mama has to go in the bathroom and chill for just five minutes because I'm I'm getting very overwhelmed right now. You know, it's okay to do that because you want to model appropriate behaviors. Um, So just make sure that you're always doing that. Um, There will be um, a link in the show notes that goes over a whole article about tantrums and how to handle tantrums and then if you also go to our website momamapodcast.com that's m-o mama m-a-m-a podcast.com there will be um, a little sheet in there that goes over different tips and tricks to help with uh, temper tantrums Don't forget to like and follow our Facebook page, The Motivated Mama, so you can have more um, tips and tricks and you have more discussions about tantrums and anything else parenting-wise. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and share our information with all of your friends and family, um, any parents, teachers that you know, anyone who works closely with kids, so that way they have another tool for their parenting toolbox. And until next time, thank you so much for listening in, guys. Have a great day. If you want to submit a question or if you want to be on the show, message me at contact at momamapodcast.com. That's M-O-M-A-M-A podcast.com. Please tell all the moms you know about the podcast, our Facebook group, YouTube channel, and community events. Your recommendation helps our show grow. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to our podcast.